I mean, this is not disrespect, but a lot of Americans are very aggressive with mm-hmm. their outreach on every level. So they just go bang, 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 and they want instant results. That's all gone. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Mark. And I don't want to be that doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Because we've been talking a lot lately about how the whole iOS thing has some advertisers flying blind. And when you sprinkle on some rising ad costs and supply chain issues, we've got a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. The bad news is that a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. But the good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out of this even stronger. So that's why it's important to focus on what you can control. Sign up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, test. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Mara Martinez of meetalfred.com. They specialize in a bunch of stuff, multi-channel marketing, LinkedIn automation. They have 100,000 registered users in 89 countries with only five years in business, which is super impressive. So welcome, Martin. Hey, thank you for having me. All right. So hot topic, automation. Everybody wants it. Not a ton of people know how to do it. So why don't we just talk about just what is automation and how how has it kind of grown over the last year since people are really starting to adopt it? Well, look, in our case, the way we look at things, it's not just about automation. It's about relationship building and just do it in an automated way to save you time. That's all that automation does. Uh, it doesn't enhance or improve what you do in in a in an outreach campaign. It just automates it for you. So what we want to people to think about first and foremost is, you know, do you have a process? Do you have a technique or do you have a methodology for approaching people and virtually networking, uh, which is what LinkedIn primarily is all about? And you know, if they focus on you know that that they would do in a normal networking event and just transition it into a virtual world on LinkedIn. I think it's a good foundation for them to automate, you know, put an automation layer on top. As far as what's happening the last kind of few years, we started in 2007 with kind of one of the OGs of Mm. of the LinkedIn automation space. And a huge transition happened in during COVID because obviously people couldn't get out and they moved from going to conferences, going to events, uh, and meeting people in person to going virtual. So the term remote selling came to market and everybody was doing things online. And obviously they wanted to do as much of it in an automated way and scaled. So they, they moved towards using automation tools. So we saw a huge spike in, in, in growth during that time. Uh, and look, some people do it great and some people do it poorly. So it's really up to the user to actually build those relationships in a meaningful way. But we saw a huge spike during the COVID period. And since then, it's just become the norm. People just don't have the time to you know, meet hundreds of people and go to conferences, the time it takes, the cost that, it, that you, know, you incur. So automation seems to be here to stay. 
No, I, I love how you started the the whole explanation with relationships, because I think a lot of people have a, a misconception that automation means you don't have to do anything. Like, just tell the computer to, you know, the AI to take care. Well, and it's meet Alfred. So it's like, Alfred will take care of all of it for you. So the fact that you guys, you know, recognize the importance of relationship and, and kind of how it's a tool, automation is a tool to enhance that relationship rather than do it for you, which which is awesome. Now, I know you guys work with a lot of sales teams. Yeah, so the majority of our customer base is, you know, small to medium-sized businesses with five to 15, 20 sales professionals. That's that's been our focus for a very long time. We are also expanding into the agency space in Q1 of next year. That's because we we've been missing a key tool that they've been after, which is a white label feature which where they can make after their own and and we've been asked for this for probably about the past three years and we really haven't put enough attention to it and we're going to be doing that in, in 2023 that's no, fantastic yeah a lot of our listeners are you know marketing agencies marketing professionals and and everybody's interested in in automation but again they're worried about it because they look at well they look at linkedin and you connect with somebody and then you get this kind of spammy message and then you're like this isn't a person actually i started asking that i did it today where somebody sent me a message i'm like am i talking to a bot or a va because either way i'm annoyed with it so so let's just address that like how how do you kind of you know ensure that it doesn't come off as spammy or hurts the relationship more than helps it yeah look i i have to say that we we may be a contributing factor to these poor experiences as a recipient of, <clears throat> of a message on LinkedIn or email for that matter. And, you know, email has gone through the spam system where you they can somewhat detect that it's automated based on the language and so on and so forth. So there's been a filtering system that that's not yet possible on LinkedIn. Look, at the end of the day, it's a, this is a very bad analogy, but it's the one, only one that I use, which is, you know, you know, you, you can't, you can't blame the the gun manufacturer for shooting, right? It's mm. you know people are you know I could send you a, this, the very same message manually, and you might think the very same thing: is this a bot? Is this not a bot? Mm. Who am I dealing with or whatnot? So it's all in the delivery. It's only in the quality of your engagement, mm. and it's mostly and the, the the number one step is really the targeting. Am I talking to people that want to talk to me? So, for example, one of the key things that a lot of people do, which is, I, I believe, a mistake, is that they go for the decision maker, someone like the CEO of a company or a major, major leader of a company. And they are often not the decision maker. They are the leader of the company, but they're getting bombarded by sales professionals and people like that who will just not listen to them. They will refer to someone else within the company that's in the right department or something like that. So that is is a poor experience on this particular CEO who is getting bombarded left, right, and center, people like yourselves who are leaders of a company. Yet, if they were going through the right channels, approaching the right people with the right messaging, the automation part is almost irrelevant because you mm. can do this manually. All of the what we do automatically, you can do manually. So if you do it poorly, it's all about the engagement quality. Oh, I like that. Well, it leaves it into the hands of the, the person who's actually managing it. And then some people, you know, you get lazy. And then the problem is those same people are probably the ones like, it doesn't work. I tried it and it, everybody got mad at me. And it's like, well, of course they got mad at you. You're using the tool wrong. So do you guys have some some just basic best practices for, say, setting up an automation where you don't sound, I, I don't know, don't sound spammy or don't don't come off too aggressive, I would say? Well, look, before I, I mention some of the best practices, I want you to kind of think about culture as a, as a key differentiator. 
I mean, I can tell you for a fact, I live in Australia. And if you approach somebody in the US on LinkedIn and literally pitch them in their connection requests, it is acceptable. If you do that in Australia, they tell you to get lost. Yeah. So nuances on culture and language is very important. I can tell you that if you approach almost anyone in Singapore and say you want to connect, the first response you get from them is their phone number. You wouldn't get that in the US. You would definitely not get that in, in Australia. So again, it's just different cultures deal with LinkedIn differently, have different experiences. And, and you know, so, so that's something worth considering. As far as best practices are concerned, the first, it's got nothing to do with automation. It's to do with your profile. Number one, you need to kind of think of it as a landing page. Present yourself in a professional manner. Present yourself in a way that is going to be something that the recipient is going to say, oh, wow, I really want to kind of learn more. And whether it's your headline, whether it's your photo and images or your work history or whatever, you've got to be a little bit of a standout because people get bombarded every day and they just don't have time. So that will be number one tip. Number two is when you create a sequence, a campaign sequence, is be mindful of people's times. So, you know, getting them one day after another, after another, hitting them with messages, it's annoying. So be, you know, respectful in your, or in your first approach. You know, if you've targeted the right person if the, in the company that will speak to you, if you picked up the phone and, and, go, and approached someone, if you try to call the CEO, you wouldn't get a response. But if you were talking to the CTO or the head of tech or whatever, you know, uh, in the particular department, you who makes the decisions, that's the right person to approach. And when you do actually send the messaging, it needs to be something you would do it over the phone. As far as sequencing is concerned, we we believe that multi-channel is the only way to go because people are just not on LinkedIn all the time. They're not on email all the time. They're not on Twitter all the time. We fully automate all the channels. So hitting them in different places is the way to go because you just don't know where they're active. So to kind of wrap it up, make sure your, your profile is, is on point. Make sure you're targeting the right person and look for quality over quantity. And make sure your messaging is not obtrusive. It's not on, you know, on top of people and it's multi-channel to make sure that you're hitting them where they may be on. Yeah, I love how you said multi-channel because I think there was a post on LinkedIn the other day where somebody said the best time to get a hold of me is X. And I said, the best time to get a hold of me is on the platform I'm on right now. And there's no other time because I'm not going to answer your email or even a phone call <laughs> necessarily. <clears throat> so you do have to have that kind of presence everywhere. So it's a neat that you guys factor that in. Now with, I'm sure you guys have tons of data, 100,000 users. Could you share with us any, any kind of like key metrics that you guys have found in terms of effectiveness or response rates? Or how do you guys kind of judge whether the automations are working? Well, funnily enough, we're actually in 2023 going to finalize a five-year report that we're going to put all the data together and to actually give you a state of the you know automation and, and how to do outreach on LinkedIn. We have data that's coming out of our years. We've got so much that, that it's very hard to kind of even put in a, in a short form. But I'll give you some pointers. One of the things that most people do is view profiles before they engage with someone. That has waned over time as far as effectiveness is concerned. I don't have the exact numbers with you with me, but I do know that it's gone from being super effective because people, oh, you know, they get a notification that Peter has viewed their profile, who is Peter? And then by the time you connect with them or send them a connection request, they have some kind of reference. People's inbox is so full that they just don't have to time to look you back. So that has dropped. And if I remember correctly, I think it's dropped forty-eight percent in effectiveness wow. since you know, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So, so use it, but use it spirally because 
it's almost like a value add to your campaign. It's not the starting point. The second thing is that email in particular is the most effective option of all communication options. Now, in our tool, you can automate connection requests and LinkedIn messages and LinkedIn group messages and LinkedIn post messages. Like You can do so much. But email has by far been the number one out of all the channels, even email, even you know any channel you can think of, email has been number one, primarily because you get multiple pings when you receive it. You get a you you get a, receive an email from LinkedIn telling you you received an email. You receive a notification on your app if you have it installed telling you you received an email, and it goes into your email inbox. And LinkedIn's emails do not go to spam. So if you compare it to email, you are going to get higher penetration. And as such, you know, LinkedIn has put a cap on how many you can send per month, which unless you buy LinkedIn, uh, so somebody get a email credits, you're going to be capped at about 800 because, and that's with people that accept emails as part of their profile. And that's a setting that has to be uh, put in place. But that, that's by far the number one engagement metrics that I can give you. Connection requests on average, a good, you know, we see everything from very low one digits to 70, 80%. It all comes down to targeting and your profile. It does not come down to the messaging. A lot of people have put a lot of effort in putting a lot of personalization and things on the connection requests. We're doing a study right now that is proving that sending a blank connection Mm. request, meaning no text, by the right person to the right person has the higher connection request acceptance rate than sending a personalized one. So the, the game has changed. Things are evolving significantly. But once we send the report, I think people are going to be super surprised and they will change the way they do outreach on LinkedIn. Oh man, I'm, I'm excited to see that because that, even that stat is really interesting because even with my practices, because I do get a lot of connection requests and some people send like a big thing and I'm like, I don't have time to read that. And because it's so long, I assume it's a sales pitch and then it's even worse. And so the ones I actually read are the ones that are super short or have nothing. And that just leads me up to be like, oh, who is this person? And then I look at their profile, which is what you're saying is the profile matters. And then I'll decide to connect with them based on what I see in the profile, specifically the, you know, headline where it's like, okay, here's the person like, oh, okay, they could come on the podcast. So that's actually everything you said reinforces my my current practices. And I'm not trying really hard. So that's, that's good to know. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, If you're still using legacy cloud storage like Dropbox or Google Drive or expensive, unintuitive digital asset management tools to store your images and videos, listen up. While those are fine for teams who just need to store docs and sheets, they are terribly inefficient for marketing teams needing to organize, share, and collaborate on visual assets. Air's intuitive UI is purpose-built for visual assets. Automatic content tagging and powerful filters mean you don't even have to remember folder or file names. As long as you know what's in an image, you can find it in seconds. Modern marketing teams, including those at Google, Sweetgreen, The Infatuation, and Pattern have saved up to 10 hours per person per week by switching to Air. Air is the leading platform for marketing teams to manage and automate their creative operations. Learn more at air.inc slash digital marketer. That's A-I-R dot I-N-C slash digital marketer. There's more that I can tell you that, you know, if you, for example, engage with someone's posts, if you can send them a greeting when something happened, you know, like changed jobs or had a birthday Mm. or whatever, all of those things you can do throughout the year 
without you actually doing anything by hand, one, and two, without you being forceful. But by the time you do connect with them and try to sell them something, they're more receptive because you've liked their content, your content, mm-hmm. you're, you, you've joined their LinkedIn group, you've done all of these things that are bil- relationship building. And then once you ask for a favor or a request or a meeting, or whatever, they're more receptive to it. Oh, that's that's interesting too, because I think that those little touch points where you're saying like, well, Mandy McEwen, one of our, our faculty members, she she talks about that. She says, hey, before you even try to connect with them, go on their posts, make a few comments, like their stuff, and then a week or two, then you send out the connection request because now they've seen you a bunch of times. But you also talked about how the, you know, the work anniversaries, that's pretty the typical one. And it's an automation where you see like, congrats. And then it's like a line of like 100 people saying congrats in the exact same way. Have you guys found any best practices in terms of if you are going to say congrats to a person about something they've done? Should it be more personalized? Or does it have the same effect if it's just a good job? Yeah, look, it's a, a, a tricky one. Everybody, I mean, there's a theme, if I'm not mistaken, there are four different notifications that you get of a change of profile. Mm. So they change jobs, birthdays, and two others I can't remember right now. I think job anniversary is one of them. John, John anniversary, exactly. So what we say is this, do you know them well enough to give them a birthday wish? No. I mean, if you've never met them, if you've never spoken to them, like you send me a birthday wish, who the hell are you? You know, (laughs) you just got to be thinking about these things. It's all about sorting your your network in a way and, you know, filtering your network. So the ones that you do know, the ones that you don't know. So whenever you do this this touch point, you're, you're personalized to the actual status of your relationship, not just a generic message. So those are the things that people... I mean, this is no disrespect, but a lot of Americans are very aggressive with their outreach on every level. So they just go bang, 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 and they want instant results. That's all gone. You know, if you don't put, you know, the average engagement that works across 89 countries, mind you, but the the, the average engagement that works is it takes about three months. So it's almost like a long sales cycle. Sometimes it's very short because it's on point and the person's ready to buy. And, but that's luck more than actually approach. So if you build that relationship from the moment that you actually first engage, whichever way you do, all the way to making a meeting, the average is about three months. If people are not willing to do that, then, you know, if you're looking for results tomorrow, it's just not going to work. And think of a sales professional, like they do not just jump on a computer, use a tool like outreach.io and just bang, 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 and try to send messages and get a result. It's just, you know, yes, you do work on volume. LinkedIn is not a volume game. LinkedIn is a, is a quality game. It's a relationship building game. And and if you're not willing to put in the hard work, and you're not doing the hard work because it's automated if you use a tool like ours, but you think about the nurturing side of things in, in an efficient manner, you will be successful. But if you're looking for an outcome to not tomorrow, as I said, culturally, in many, many countries, they just don't get lost in Australia. It's, yeah. it's the prominent one. They just don't want to talk to anyone. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great number, really, is the three-month mark. Because even when I had my agency, I think the whole you know conversion path was like six weeks. And so that was from somebody who might have even been a referral. It's still six weeks. So three months to build a relationship with a stranger or make any kind of impact them makes a lot of sense. And, and just thinking back to my own kind of LinkedIn habits is I won't actually do a connection unless I've seen an article, I've seen like in comments or share, and then I've seen... 50 other pieces. And then I'm like, oh, I've seen this person before. And and there you go. And I think one of our other, one of our top SMEs, Kasim Awesome, uh, he gave a presentation at TNC and he, he said, he said 500 touches. 
that's how many touches you need to really connect with your audience. And so go nuts. And I saw, I think that's, it's that paradox where it's like, you have to make way more, you know, contacts. You got to really get in touch with this person. Plus you can't be annoying and you can't, you know, not be human. You have to be human, make the connection just like you would in person. And then it'll happen. You just, you got to think about it yourself. How would you like to be treated? How would you, I mean, do you want to get spammed left, right and center? No, nobody likes that. No, no matter who you are. So why, why do you think that would work for somebody else, especially a key decision maker who, who you're looking to do a deal, you know, worth a lot of money? Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I think everybody just looks at the numbers and they're like, well, there's, you know, 350 million people in the U.S. And if I could just get 1% of them to respond to blah, 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 like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> those numbers. Yeah, the, 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 those math don't work. No, no. It's a, I'll be a millionaire tomorrow. It's like, no, you're not. It's, it's more complicated than that. Do you have anything that you found just based on all that, all that data you had is just a, a hard no? Like, do not do this one practice that you can recommend to The number one no that we found is do not pitch on the connection request. I mean, it is just, you will get single digits, if no, it, it, very low single digits acceptance rates. And depending on some countries, you'll get zero. So it, it is just a, a bad, bad approach. Again, what I'm trying to get through, you know, in this interview is really for people to think about relationship building. It doesn't mm. matter whether you use automation, it doesn't matter anything. People want to do business with people that they know and trust. You have to build that know and trust. And you can't do that from one connection request. You can't do that with a, a couple of messages. You have to, you know, it, the smartest thing to do is to really build out an outreach strategy. Think about it logically, think about it long term, and then put it to work with automation. Don't use automation as the first point, use it as the scaler. It's it's mm. not where you start, it's actually where you scale. And it, it takes a long time. And a lot of people say, Oh, you know, what about doing this many messages and this and that? It varies so much. We've got over a hundred thousand users, registered users. If if we start thinking about it that way, like what happened, what works for a an IT consultant does not work for a an accounting consultant. It's just it just doesn't work. It's it's not the same industry approach or anything like that. So you got to make it your own. You got to try and and try and error as much as possible, as many times as possible until you crack it, and then you scale it. But you can do all of that without using this automation tool at all. You can just do it, try with ten, do it manually, see what comes back. Okay, this didn't work. Let me try this and do another ten and so on. Just prepare for learning and. You know, I know there's a lot of courses teaching LinkedIn outreach. If the cookie cutter approach just does not work at scale, but it work, it may work for an individual. So if you are looking for a course or something, make sure that it's coming from someone in, within your industry because they would have done a lot of the, the, the testing for you. That's an excellent answer and excellent advice because I think that's, you know, as marketers, especially like it's everybody thinks of the tools and they think the methods and they think of all these platforms and all these things. But it, when it comes down to it, it's all relationship where it's relationship between you and your clients, their expectations, your ability to execute on their objectives and so on and so forth. But it's a relationship. It has nothing to do even with the tools, but the tools make it a lot easier, which we're all thankful for because work is hard. Yeah, the design to save you time, you know, like nobody, people don't have time, people want to scale, people want to multiply themselves. You know, if if you're trying to, you know, you can do this manually, as I said, like you can send a hundred connection requests manually and so on and so forth. But it's not just that, it's the follow-ups and the responses and all this, like it does take, you know, it, it can take three hours, four hours a day just managing your LinkedIn mm -hmm. account 
Whereas if you put it on autopilot, you're just concentrating on the replies. And that's where you actually are engaged at a positive or negative level. They might have told you to get lost or they said, yeah, let's have a call or thank you. Or can you follow up to, with me in two months? Like there's so much uh, nuance on the, on the relationship, but the automation tool is really there to kind of scale it and, and put it on autopilot after you've kind of tried and tested your outreach for your audience and so on. Yeah, well, that's, that's fantastic advice. And I think, you know, just from our conversation, I'm like, you know what, that that's a, that's an excellent approach. So I, we'll, we'll be talking after, see if we get our community a discount on, on what you guys do so they can try out everything you're talking about. And I'm very interested in that report. So I'm going to be subscribing just to see when that comes out. I'll be like, hey, send it to me first. Awesome. We'll <laughs> so do, we'll do. In that regard, so where can people find out more information about you and your business? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on, on email, martin at midafro.com. Midafro.com is our website, and you can hit me up on the live chat, and we can have a chat for anything. Um, so, yeah, we welcome, uh, you know, your your users to come and we, we've developed a lot of guides. So if you come to our website, at least I think there's 20 published right now, yeah. and there's 20 more coming. It's not just about LinkedIn automation. It's about all aspects of this, even the do's and don'ts of LinkedIn, which is very important and etiquette. Uh, and they're all free uh, and they're all uh, available. So anybody can come and take a look. Well, thank you so much, Martin. I, I really appreciate your honesty and your, you know, it's a very practical and realistic approach to scaling versus like, oh, it's going to take care of your whole life for you and you'll never have to talk to anybody and blah, 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 which is never, ever going to happen no matter how good anything gets. So thank you so never, much for that. Never does, never does. No, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share that with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.